0: Park for God, ministries, ministries,
1: ministries, slow,
0: je slow, slow, pas slow, slow, slow. Je pas du- you too, then, too- <laughs> Prophet is what does it profit a man to leave this world with a heart full of sin? You ain't gotta be a member, we can start off as friends. Sit back and kick it a little. Take the smallest runt and turn into the pick of the litter. Pastor Telly Lucas, one of my spiritual hitters. Sorry if she get you in your feelings. Those are the first signs of healing. No arm twisting, you gotta be willing. She kinda glow red from the floor to the ceiling. Church is more than a building, but every single inch of this world that we live in. God bless the fish that she reel in Decent and order, got the respect God's daughter Tune in from Cali to Florida Lay on hands, get your art up If you hard up, take you to the water Time is getting shorter Squad up, God is coming squad up
1: Greetings and thank you for tuning in to episode one of Telly Speaks, Let the Prophet Roar. Thank you to all of my listeners. I'm so excited for this first episode, my pilot launch to introduce to you all my special guest that I met some time back back in 2018. He has proven himself to be nothing less than a man of God. God has given him an apostolic and a prophetic grace. He is founder of Kingdom Now Embassy, Farmville, North Carolina, and Charlie Howell the Third Ministries, which was established in two thousand fifteen. I introduce to you today, Apostle Charlie Howell the Third. God bless you, sir.
0: God bless you. Greetings, everyone.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Uh, you have so many accomplishments. I didn't want to leave this out. I thought this was very noteworthy. Um, his the apostolic grace that the Lord has put on his life has uh, allowed him to be teamed up with Apostle Ryan Lestrange in the Tribe Network. So uh, his church here in Farmville, North Carolina is actually uh, a part of the Tribe Network. Um, Apostle Howard has just come back from London on the Flames Tour with Dr. Oscar Gulbadio, and it was amazing. So I am excited tonight to do this interview And a topic of discussion that has uh, been on my heart and mind for some time since I've made the transition from, I guess, a traditional church setting to, I guess, maybe prophetic ministries or embracing the fivefold ministry. Um, What I see on the the grace of God on this man of God's life, uh, it's been amazing. And uh, I felt that it would be fitting that he would have this discussion with me on this afternoon um, because of the uh, extensive training through by way of the Holy Spirit and just the grace of God that I've seen on his life. The topic of discussion tonight is entitled Mythbusters, Preconceived Misconceptions of the Kingdom of God. Okay, so, Apostle Howard, you ready? Yes. All right. Okay, first... Let's bust this myth. What are your beliefs on the teaching "once saved, always saved"?
0: Well, when I when I think about that, um, I'm actually conflicted um, with this with this saying. Um, I think it's it really has almost like a uh, when people say it is very carnal, um, and. I say that because Jesus, actually, in his scripture, brags about his keeping power, mm-hmm. um, and you know he, he pretty much brags on his own self. Um, and one of the scriptures that I like, he, he said that, um, you know, I put you pretty much in the palm of my hand, mm-hmm. and when you think about the palm, you think about that's almost the weakest, the weakest point in anyone's body is the palm of your hand. There's really no bone structure there. And Jesus, I put you in the palm of my hand and there is no devil in hell that can pluck you out. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus in his teaching, he teaches about his keeping power and being saved, we're saved by faith through grace. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not of our works that we can boast. Now, this is what I like to say. I feel like when we say once saved, always saved, I feel like we misappropriate or we mislabel people as being saved mm-hmm. when they really weren't saved. Oh. So I think it's not once saved, always saved. Cause I really, really believe that when people are genuinely born again, mm-hmm. God keeps them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I really believe that there are people that were never saved. They thought they were saved. Mm-hmm. They had an experience, but it wasn't a conversion. Oh, my God. Um, and like, I mean I just think about scriptures like this where Jesus said there are gonna be many in the day that cry Lord Lord mm-hmm. and, and everyone that called him Lord doesn't mean he's Lord of their life. See there's many people who believe who Jesus is, but mm-hmm. they don't believe in Jesus. Right. Um so it's not necessarily that they were saved. I really believe they probably had an experience, had goosebumps. But they never would change. They never. He was never Lord of their life. Because I know there are people who believe that Jesus is the Lord. You know, is God. But they don't serve Him. They don't accept Him as Lord and Savior over their life, as King over their life. So there are some scriptures that I think about when I think about the terminology. So let's look at First First John two and nineteen. Okay. First John two and nineteen. I'm going to get there in my uh, on my iPad. First John. 2 and 19. I really like this um, a lot. It says this. It says, <clears throat> It says, and I'm actually going to start uh, verse 18. So 1 John 2 and 18. This is bo- the books before Revelation, not uh, John the gospel. All right. So it's 1 John 2 and 18. It says, little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard, the antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Mm. Verse 19 says, they went out from us. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, people who label themselves as Christian. They are people who are among the brethren. Mm. So uh, the writer says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Mm. Right? Right. And, and 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 that's that's the thing is we got to understand just because people come to church or sit in church don't mean they're saved. Just because the people preach don't mean they're saved. Just because they cast out devils don't mean they're saved. Because if someone has a high ranking devil every devil under that rank will submit to them. So just because people cast out devils or devils move at the sound of another devil don't mean that they're saved or have authority through Jesus. Okay. He says if they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us See, that's the key. If they had been of us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. Yes. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that they were not of us at all. Okay. So the writer is here is given a a clue that the people that depart from the faith were never part of the faith. My God. People who left the body were never part of the body. They had an experience. It just wasn't a conversion. They weren't converted over to Christianity. Jesus wasn't the Lord of their life. They knew who he was, but he didn't know them. See, there are a lot of people who know Jesus, but Jesus don't know them. Mm -hmm. And I think about the scripture that says, you know, the last day there will be many people who come uh, and say, Lord, Lord, did I not preach in your name? Did Mm -hmm. I not prophesy in your name? Mm -hmm. See, it's not whether you know him, it's whether he know you. My God. And Jesus is going to say, "Depart from me, you work of iniquity. I do not know yes. who you are." So when we think about, when I think about, you know, people who uh, who actually depart from the faith forever, mm-hmm. I say they were never part of the faith from the beginning. From the beginning, you know. So I I do not believe that you know uh, uh, you can. Uh, the Bible talks about. In in, in Hebrews, you know, once you have tasted of the goodness of Jesus, Mm -hmm. once you have tasted of this, how can you go back to those principles? How can you go back? You know, because you've had an experience. You know, I never had crack, but (laughs) it's like you don't have this experience. Mm -hmm. Now there is a void that you will always want. So once you experience Christ and He changes your life forever, you can't go back. My God. Because you've tasted of the goodness of the Lord. My God. I hope that answers your question. My God.
1: Very insightful. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of times, man of God, I feel like uh, people try to pimp the grace card even with that. Oh. And I never even looked at it the way that you just presented it. Wow. Wow! Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. And, and you know, and
0: I look at, uh, I look at, it's, it's not about, it's not uh, what you say. It's the life you live. And and Jesus talked about us bearing fruit and bearing uh, much more fruit. Mm-hmm. And I look at, I, I don't go by your confession. I go by your actions. My. So it's not what you say. Mm-hmm. It's how you act. Because many people come to church on Sundays and, and, and they say with their mouth, but their actions are so anti whatever they say. You know, your salvation is your life. You know, Paul talks about, he says, we are living epistles being seen and read by men. So it's not, it's not what we confess out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. It's how we live our when people watch style. us. That, that shows us, you mm-hmm. know, who we belong to. Mm.
1: My God. Thank you so much. Very insightful. My God. It's, it's, it's not about words. It's about the deeds. It's about our actions. It's about our lifestyle. It's about living lives of holiness and righteousness. Thank you so much, man of God. All right. Second Mythbuster. What are your thoughts about wealth as it relates to the kingdom of God and kingdom citizens? Is it right thinking to suggest that Christians should be poor or live modest lives? What is your take on that?
0: All right, so um, I just <laughs> really, I, I'm. I believe that you know, um, and you can you can actually see the scripture. Jesus, I come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. I honestly believe Christ doesn't get any glory out of a broke Christian. I just, I mean, I don't understand how. You know, if and if, if we actually look at it from a numerical standpoint, number one, we I believe in tithing mm-hmm. because tithing predates the law. You see, tithing in Genesis, the law comes in, in Deuteronomy, Numbers, Leviticus, so uh, in Exodus a little bit, and so I see tithing predates the law. Mm-hmm. If we are broke, what is going to fund the kingdom? My
1: god,
0: so that's, that, that's number one. I, if if everybody in the church is poor, mm-hmm. or or living modest, mm-hmm. then now all the eco, 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 um, economy is in the world. Mm-hmm. So so now it's more attractive to be in the world than it is in the church. It's not about attraction. It's not about you know the glimmer and the gl- glitter and all that stuff or the glamour. But I do believe that you know I know the poor is going to be with us always. But mm-hmm. it ain't got to be one of the poor. Right. You know That's I know you know you can. You can choose to modest, but I believe Christ <laughs> wants us to have nice things. And, and, you know, what father wouldn't want their children oh to man. have the best? Oh. So I don't understand why people... And, and honestly, it's a poverty mentality. Yes, sir. It's a poverty mentality. It's a poverty culture. Mm-hmm. And I believe Christ is anti-poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, because think about what's in heaven. Mm-hmm. If we say as it, is in, uh, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Mm-hmm. If Jesus, if, if the streets <laughs> are made or paved with gold, Slide literally down. Gold, like you walk on dirt. Dirt, dirt is nothing. So if in heaven streets are gold and they're walking on gold, that lets us know that there's treasures in heaven that are that have more value on it than gold. So if 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 Jesus adorned his angels with rubies, with sapphire and all these precious gems, why do we have to live like we poor and like we ain't got nothing? And if the church is poor, how can the church help somebody else? Absolutely. I just don't believe that. Think about, even if you think about Jesus' clothes, Mm -hmm. all right? When you look at his clothes, (laughs) Jesus wasn't poor. Jesus, you know, he wasn't poor. Think about it. If he was poor, why are the soldiers making bets on his clothes? That's right. So that lets us know that our Savior, when you look at John the Baptist, John the Baptist would leather. Camel hair and leather—that was a—that was rich people's clothes. Mm -hmm. Clothes. Think about like—I just don't believe that it's Jesus' will for us to be poor and to live raggedy lives. We can't help nobody. We poor. Absolutely. We can't even help the poor when we poor. That's right. So I believe God wants to raise up our understanding of wealth through stewardship. Through entrepreneurship, the Bible says this in Revelation, Revelation 19:10. One of my favorite um, verses is the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Mm. So if literally Jesus is, is establishing his kingdom in the different kingdoms of this world, like the kingdom of entertainment, the kingdom of, of, of politics, the kingdom of education, uh, just different kingdoms or different uh, uh, mountains, as people say, the seven mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Jesus is going to establish his kingdom over those seven mountains, mm-hmm. I've never seen a nation change from poor people. Usually nations have influence and change because the wealthy, People that are wealthy have literally... Risen up in power, mm-hmm. so I really believe if you're gonna have an impact in the world, you got to have money. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I think I was preaching and I said this, and I really hope people understand this: mm-hmm. that there are certain doors that money will get you through. Absolutely, the Bible says this like this. Now, if if if, if you want to be poor, you can be poor, but I'm telling you, you don't have to be poor. Jesus said like this: He said, "The love of money is a root of all the evil." Of so people gotta understand this. Mm-hmm. So so God doesn't contradict Himself. So He said, "The love of money is a root of all evil." I don't I don't I don't uh, I, I worship money, that's right, but I need money. That's right. The Bible says money answers all things. That's right. So if money answers all things, mm-hmm. some of our problems in the earth is a money problem. Come on. So how do we fix that problem? Mm-hmm. How do we get more money? Right. I, I look at it like this. I've never seen a man with AIDS live so long. How how does Magic Johnson live so long with AIDS? Money. Money. Absolutely. Okay, there are certain doors, and I know that sound bad. Sorry, Magic, Magic Johnson. I believe God hear you about it or whatever. Maybe you did it, but guess what? It was money. money. My thing is money. There are certain doors that money will get you through. Absolutely. Now, I'm not telling you you got to pay for anointing you got to pay for a gift or you got to pay for that, but I'm telling you, when God favors your life, he favors your life with money. Yes. All right? And I believe... Money, look. I tell money, come to me if you don't want your money. If you don't believe it, you want to live modest, give me your extra money. You can send live modest, me. send me your money. Send I give my life. address, send me your money because it'll answer some of my problems. <laughs> yep. Okay, so I really believe in, in wealth. I believe, or what God said, He would give us the power to get wealth. Yes. So, uh, we have it in us to gather wealth. So, there's an entrepreneurship anointing that rests in us. Mm-hmm. We are creators because we were created by the creator, creator to look like him and to act like him and to function like him. So money, money is attractive to us. Money is attractive, sorry, to us. So we know how to gather money, how to steward money, how to sow, how to reap, how to not. Listen, a lot of people are poor because they eat their seed. Mm. You can't eat your seed and expect the harvest. Not you got to either. know when it's time to plant, when it's time to sow, and when it's time to grow, and when it's time to gather. Okay. You got to be, you got to have some spiritual uh, intuition to understand when God is telling you this is time for you to sow. Mm. You can't reap what you don't sow. That's right. The reason why some people are poor is because they keep it all. Mm-hmm. You can't keep it all. I'm telling you, it's up that side down kingdom. You can't keep it all to get get wealth. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to yield. Mm-hmm. You got to be givers. The Bible says it like this. Uh, given it shall be given unto you. Mm-hmm. Good measure, mm-hmm. pressed down, shaking together, mm-hmm. running over. Now, when I tell people this, I, I use this analogy. Think about a suitcase, mm-hmm. okay? Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, mm-hmm. right? Pressed down. Down. Uh-huh. Why is he pressing it down? So because much. he's packing it. For you. Like <laughs> let, let me stop. I'm <laughs> getting so excited. Press down. That means he's packing that suitcase. He's getting everything My in that God. suitcase. Then he shake it up to make mm. more room. Right. Press down, shaking together. He's so much, it's running over. Shall man give unto your bosom? Mm-hmm. The more you give, the more God gives to you. Now, I love Benny here, mm-hmm. and I love all them folk, and they're coming up talking about, you know, they're denouncing after they done made, got rich off of it. Right. Now they denouncing prosperity gospel, whatever they're talking about. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. God wants you to prosper mm-hmm. even as your soul prospers. That means He wants you to prosper in your finances. Now, I don't believe really in get you know, to my Lord, you know, give this $127 seed for. Psalms 1, 2, and 7. I don't believe all that man mm-hmm. or using manipulation to get people to, uh, to give. Right. But I do believe in mm-hmm. giving. Giving is a principle in heaven. Absolutely. Look, the Father gave His Son. The Son gave His life. My the God. Holy Spirit gave gifts. If you're not a giver, you're not His. So you got to give. My give God. to the poor. Yes. Give to the widow. The nature of the Holy Spirit is a giving spirit. Yes. He gives gifts. Yes. All of them. Yes. All The whole Trinity gave. So we need to be givers like He is.
1: It amazes me, Apostle, uh, the law of reciprocity yes. is actually a kingdom principle that the world Come on. has adopted. Yes. But I won't say the kingdom, but many Christians and professing believers will not exercise these principles. They will not exercise the law of reciprocity. They will not exercise the principles of tithing, and for that reason, they live in a spirit under a spirit of poverty. Thank you so much. That is so amazing. Thank you for all that insight. That insightfulness. This is good stuff. All right. Third Mythbuster. Do you believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit ceased with the apostles of the first century church when they died out, or do you believe that the gifts are still in operation in our 21st century church? Tell me why.
0: All right, so that you know. Um, uh, all right, so all right, I'm gonna ask you to go to the Bible. So if you're listening, turn with me to Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter four. Now, this is something. <clears throat> That many people have issues about. They don't understand it, so I'm gonna help you understand it. Okay, Ephesians chapter four, and I'm just gonna actually, I, I'm gonna ask you this question by making you self. If you're listening, by making you self-reflect on on these things. Okay, trying to build some critical thinking. All right, so Ephesians 4 4:11. All right, so it says, uh, 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 and He talking about Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers." For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the union of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of Man, unto a perfect man, unto the magic and stature of the fullness of Christ. So, when I read that scripture, it gives us some ramifications or some requirements for these offices. He said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. So, if you are doing ministry. Mm-hmm. All right? You get what I'm saying? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. I don't understand how you're doing ministry right without these offices. I just don't understand. like it's for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. So if we're here doing ministry, mm-hmm. this the fivefold should be utilized. Absolutely. I'm just being honest. Like if we're doing ministry and mm-hmm. God said this is for the work of the ministry, mm-hmm. So, I want you, if you don't believe in the fivefold, shut your ministry down because you ain't doing ministry. If you're doing ministry, you should be, number one, believing in the fivefold offices. And number two, utilizing them. Like, let's look. I ask you this question. It says, till we all come to the union of the faith. If I'm not mistaken, there's a whole lot of people who we're not unified. You got these people believing this thing, these people believe in this thing, mm-hmm. in this, thing. Mm-hmm. this set believing this thing, even the apostolic circle. You got these people who believe this, these <laughs> people believe this. We're not unified. So we're not till we all come into the unity. If we haven't become unified, that means we need to tap into the gifts that God gave us. Absolutely. Like, okay, uh, and, and this is what I don't understand. I do not understand for the life of me. Alright. You asked me. Do we feel like the first century apostles, you know, have God, you know, number one, I, I, I don't understand people's um, reasoning behind this because if they, if they, if they believe that apostles had to see Jesus in the flesh, how do we explain Paul who wrote three fourths of the New Testament? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we explain his apostleship? Oh God. Right? Because, because did he see Jesus? Or did, did Jesus reveal himself to him, you know, uh, by way of vision? Like, how did he, did he walk with you? He didn't walk with Jesus? Right. So, my question is, give up half of your Bible. Give up half of the New Testament. If you don't believe that we have apostles now, give up the New Testament. Now, uh, uh, this is another thing I want to ask. How do you denounce the apostles and the prophets, but you still keep the pastor? So if we if we gonna if, if we gonna if we gonna throw the apostle and prophet out, please give up the pastor. I don't understand how in the world is the pastor the number one a title given to this this generation. Why? Mm-hmm. If you gave up and honestly, if you look, you'll see that the word pastor is the least mentioned out of all the ascension gifts. Like you see more apostles in the Bible, do you see pastors? <laughs> Very insightful. So why do we pick and choose what you know and honestly I honestly believe and I, I'll just help you out. I really believe and, and honestly I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm big I'm not big on titles but I do believe you should call people their titles. The That's reason true. why is because it brings them to, to accountability. Mm-hmm. When you tell somebody you're a prophet of the Lord they know they got to walk upright. Amen. You know um, the Bible says we shall walk worthy of the calling. You know so I it, it helps people function. Like when they start slipping, you say apostle. It helps them know they need to apostolize. Oh you, you, know got what I'm saying. Like it helps prophets know mm-hmm. I'm a prophet. This is what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. When you label, when you when you identify, a lot of what we call pastoring is really apostleship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What we see most times in in, in our well, in my circle, I know I know people that are prophets and apostles that do not go by that title. So I really believe most of what we see, and I really believe it's more about function than anything, that we see a whole lot of people who are pastors that function as apostles. Mm -hmm. They just don't know who they are. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, apostle, one of the saddest things that I have seen and I'm seeing are people that God has given them an apostolic grace and actually had called them to the office of an apostle. And they may go through some ordination that... Uh, Man, I won't say man-made, but some some ordination that man has, ceremony um, has derived. But they have actually been ordained and called by God to be an apostle or to walk in that office. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's spirits of false humility. I don't know. I'm not certain. They will not walk in that office fully. They feel comfortable walking in that that pastoral role because that's where people are most comfortable dealing with them. And and I and I know that part of the reason is the doctrine of men. Um we've have had a uh, denominational divide. There's so much that has come about and uh the division in the church and just different beliefs, different doctrines of men. Um but I'm I am so grateful that we're having this conversation because A lot of our leaders are not walking in the calling or in the offices that God has appointed them to walk in. For those very reasons.
0: And I I think it's a lot. I think a lot of it is the lack of teaching. Um, People, you know, not having any kind of model. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really believe we're in the age where the apostles, that that grace it's coming back to the church. and I, I don't think it never left the church, but I feel like people are coming to the knowledge of what it looks like. They're actually mm-hmm. seeing models um, in this day and age of what the apostleship or being an apostle should look like. You know, because sometimes some people are visual learners. They got to see it, what it looks like before they walk in it. Right. So for so long, we've seen pastors. It's all we've seen. Right. But now God is really emerging. Uh, the apostleship is really emerging, and now people are able to, to, to get a glimpse of what they should uh, uh have a blueprint for if that makes sense.
1: That makes sense. that's good. thank you. okay, so our next question is going to actually just kind of spill over from the last question okay and 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 it is this mythbuster, what are your spiritual and personal points of view on the statement the fivefold ministry and deliverance ministry is or should be limited to the Pentecostal or holiness church.
0: All right. Um, I my 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 viewpoint on this. I really believe that um, they there are different types of apostles. Um, I don't feel like that is exclusive to. Um, uh, and I don't know if you mean like Pentecostal as far as denominations concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't feel like it is for that because uh, I mean I look at Martin Luther King. He was more like a prophet, mm-hmm. uh, but just wasn't in the church. You know, he was a, a pastor, of course, but he wasn't, you know, to a church. Or, or you look at different, and I, you know, I, I just look at that anointing or that grace of the office. I feel like there are apostles that God will call to education. And you will see, you know, that function in different circles and different arenas. I do not feel like it's limited to the Pentecostal or holiness church. I feel like there's marketplace apostles, marketplace prophets, market, you know. Um, I believe really, I just believe that you know that you'll see um, many different types.
1: Okay, so to the Baptist pastor, or to I don't know a Methodist preacher, I don't know, who may acknowledge the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, but don't embrace deliverance ministry or prophesying within the four walls or the confines of their churches? what is, you know, how do you feel about that?
0: Well, I feel like, number one, the Holy Spirit is very important. He's a person. Um, and there's no true deliverance without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what's going to be the, the filler. Um, I feel like um, there are many, I know many pastors who do not specifically have deliverance sessions, but they mm-hmm. believe in deliverance ministry. Mm-hmm. I also, believe I also know there are pastors. I even know a pastor actually that has a deliverance ministry that take like home visits and cast out of homes I and people, so. and is an actual pastor of a Baptist church. Um, so I, I really feel like it depends on the person because I, I, I do feel like like some people God will call to. To stay in Egypt and and to really pioneer and to be the light for their organization. Everybody's not called to come out, you know. Okay. Some I I will call. Thank you, Lord. Shit, it was up. But there are some people who are called to stay to to bring transformation into organization. Okay. Um, so they have to do so um, with with grace and diplomacy. Okay. They got to have a political, not political, but a a a diplomatic grace to do so. You can't brain change, like BAM! You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to slide it in. You got to have a grace mm-hmm. to brain change in the organization that you didn't found mm-hmm. or in an organization that believed differently than you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank so this you. Is, I, feel like,
0: I feel like, you know, there are some... I, I know a, um, a pastor that's a... free will about this pastor... That speak in tongues, mm-hmm. cast out devils, prophesy, sing the song of the Lord. Now, her church is a hot commodity. You don't find a whole lot of people Baptist churches like mm-hmm. that. But uh, there are Baptist preachers that believe in the Holy Ghost and believe in deliverance. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, actually, uh, my, my mom and dad are actually one. Like, they cast out devils, devils. I ain't talking about like little, right? I'm talking about devils that talk like, I know who you are, type it's of my, like, I'm, you know, yeah, like, you know, like, I'm talking about yeah. real, I'm, I'm talking about, I was a child. 13, 12, 11, and we have a deliverance service in our church, in a Baptist church, and they're casting a devil, a real devil. I actually remember one one story. They took It took about four days. They went to this woman's house, they mm-hmm. had a door that was full of devils. They walked in the room, and the ceiling fan came on by itself. Mm-hmm. They walked in the room, and the TV came on, but it was unplugged. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about strong manifestation. Right. And they have a deliverance ministry, right. and they're still in the Field Baptist Church. It doesn't mean they're not called. I believe my daddy is an apostle. I believe he walks in the office, but he doesn't call himself an apostle. So I'm not even worried about title. I'm more worried about function, exactly. more than anything. Exactly. So I believe that there are. I believe that there are apostles in Methodist churches. I believe that they're soon to be revealed, mm-hmm. and I believe that God is still dealing with them.
1: Bless
0: God. So we pray for revival.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you yes. so much. Yes. All right. Final question. All right. Which do you feel is having a greater impact or an influence on the other? The world and culture influencing the church or the kingdom of God making a greater impact on world and culture
0: and why? Well, I feel like right now we are, uh, in, in my personal arena, I feel like there are more people that are, say, being influenced by the world. And I say that because... Um, You can just see it. I mean, you can see how people talk, how they walk, how they act. Um, They don't display the love of Christ. They're very judgmental. Judgmental is in, like, um, just sticking their nose up, arrogant. I just feel like there's such a worldly flair that I really believe, you know, Jesus said, be ye separate, be ye holy. Um, And I feel like that we have, we have, um, we have pretty much downplayed righteous living Mm -hmm. to try to gather souls. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, um, we need to bring our standard back in the body of Christ um, so that we can be that light to a dying world. Yes. Um, and it is going to, you know, uh, it's going to take some tough conversations, you know. I have to get on some people in my church, like, your your clothes are too tight. Mm-hmm. You need to loosen it up some. Absolutely. You know, like, you, we don't curse. You shouldn't be cussing yes. and being saved, you know. Um, so I feel like uh, we just have a, we have to make more, um, we just have to let God deliver us and purify us
1: thank you it, it, does, it does require I, I'm certain uh, a lot of courage and uh, accountability to be a leader and I know uh, having a pastor's heart you're very compassionate and very loving but you do have to be a, hold your, your flock and your members accountable um, so thank you so much Thanks. I said that was the last question But how about this? (laughs) What would you like to see occur within the church, the body of Christ, and the kingdom of God?
0: In the church, um, I I would like to see um, revival. And by that I mean like people really turn their hearts back to God. Not like goosebumps, not a praise dance, but people who are literally sold out um, and love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like literally love jesus i want to see strong manifestation that god is with us Mm -hmm. like i want to see the god of the bible come in our churches again and it's happening it's happening um in the body of christ i I literally want to see unity i feel like for so Mm -hmm. long we've allowed our differences to divide us Mm -hmm. but our differences should bring us together because whether you function this way and i function this way we're brothers and sisters in the Christ. We all have a different mission, mission, a different mandate. Our differences shouldn't divide us. Our differences should bring us together and embrace each other's differences and each other's uniqueness. Um, for so long, we allow our differences to tear us apart, but our differences should bring us together because together we can do so much better. One can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand in flight. Imagine if our churches start linking up, linking up together and say, look, you you got to call. Look. Paul and Peter had a different mandate one called to the Jews one called to the Gentiles mm-hmm. but you know your differences shouldn't divide you your differences should bring together. you together because you may be called to a different set of people than I am mm-hmm. you know my father we love each other We still. Talk, he called me today um, and we had a conversation and and you know, he don't dress like I dress. He don't preach like I preach. But we still come together. We still love each other, and we're able to do kingdom function. Matter of fact, our conference—they help us out. They pray with us. They—they they help function. Amazing. Our to bring us together and not apart. And the kingdom of God, I—I I really want to see. Um, I want to see people being able to walk in wealth, mm. walk in increase. That's good. I want to see the kingdom of God being established. Mm. Like I want to see us lacking nothing.
1: Mm. That's good stuff. Thank you, sir. So we're about to close out, but if you will, will you pray um, over the listeners, yes, yes, totally. over the airways? and
0: Yes. The- thank you, Prophetess, for having me. Um, and I just thank you for being able to... Um, to pioneer and do this mighty move God, so let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your anointing. God, we pray for every listener. God, we thank you for increased insight and revelation. Father, we thank you, God, that revelation must be revealed. Thank you for your Son revealing who you are to those that are listening. God, we thank you for growth, increase. God, we thank you, God, that every snare, every doctrine of devil, devils is being broken off in of the life. God, we thank you that coming to knowledge of who you are. God, we thank you that shall see who your Son is. God. God, we give you praise and we give you honor. God, we thank you for wealth transfer. We thank you for yes. inquiry. And we thank you for souls being added to the kingdom. In amen. Jesus' precious name, amen.
1: Amen. God bless you, God sir. Bless thank you. Thank you. Yes. Amen. Well, that concludes our pilot episode. Telly speaks. Let the prophet roar. Continue to tune in. And thank you to all of my listeners. God bless. And good night, good morning, wherever you are, respectively. God loves you.